Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Midwife Life. Um, I'm your host Jasmine, I'm a registered midwife and today I thought I'd give a little bit of education on neonatal jaundice. talk about neonatal jaundice. So a lot of you in the general public may have heard of jaundice but don't exactly know what it is. So I'm here to explain to you in a very simple way what jaundice is. So if you're either a student midwife, you know, you just wanted to learn something new or more importantly you've just had a baby and been told your baby has jaundice you can have some kind of understanding of what that is and what that means for your baby. Um, So you can just feel nice and relaxed, have a listen to this podcast, and we're going to go through all that today. So when your baby is born, it has lots of red blood cells floating around its body, just as we do, because babies are just mini humans, mini versions of us, okay? So all those red blood cells are floating around the little baby's body and they start to die, okay? And their byproduct is something called bilirubin. So that's a very important thing to remember, bilirubin, okay? So that byproduct of the red blood cell um, is primarily what causes jaundice, okay? So just imagine that little bilirubin goes into your baby's liver it's broken down and then your baby poos and wheeze out the bilirubin which clears the jaundice okay that is explaining neonatal jaundice in a nutshell okay so you just remember red blood cell it's broken down into bilirubin bilirubin is then filtered through the liver and excreted through urine and feces okay so pretty much the reason the babies get jaundice okay so sometimes when that bilirubin builds up in the bodies some little babies their liver cannot filter out the bilirubin fast enough so it gets a build up and that causes jaundice so how do you know if your baby is jaundice when you're looking at your baby, um, if your baby has you know, yellow coloration, if the baby's eye, the part that's meant to be nice and clear, looks very yellow, and if the baby seems very sleepy and lethargic, like it's not interested in feeds, um, and if your baby's not doing you know, good poos and wheeze, then these can all be indicators that baby might be having jaundice. Okay, so when you're in the hospital, Obviously, the midwives, we've got a good eye for things like this, you know. So we will be checking on your baby every shift. And, you know, that's why sometimes we walk on in there and we, you know, we take all the buttons off that beautiful outfit you've just dressed your baby because we need to check the skin. That's very important for us. One of the main things we're checking for, obviously, that your baby is like 
health and we're checking it's nice and pink but we're also checking the color of your skin to check for jaundice okay so now I'll just go through basic things that you can do to prevent jaundice if for your baby um, so something that is good for jaundice is sunlight so you don't want to put direct sunlight on your baby so your baby's gonna get sunburned because obviously their skin is sensitive but if you just leave them like with a little bit of sunlight coming through the window on their skin um, that can help break down that bilirubin that I was talking about which causes jaundice okay um, you also want to make sure that your baby is having nice regular feeds um, so whether you're breastfeeding or formula feeding that is completely your choice um, but just make sure you're feeding the baby regularly um, and if the baby is not having a good feed you might want to consider you know expressing a bit of your milk and giving a top up or giving some formula to make sure that the baby is getting lots of volume of fluid to be able to poo and wee all that jaundice out because Sometimes when this medical condition called jaundice gets really, you know, out of control, it is so important to give lots and lots of volume in the feeds to poo and wee that jaundice out, okay? Um, so they are the ways that parents can, you know, help in the fight against jaundice, okay? So a little bit of sunlight on the skin and feeding regularly, okay? So there are two things that you can do to help us midwives clear out this jaundice because lots of poos and wees equals happy days people we want lots of poos and wees to make sure this jaundice is getting out of the system if you know what I mean anywho now we'll just talk a little bit about the treatment so you know let's just say like you're trying the best you can you've done the poos and wees but the jaundice is just not going down so what are we gonna do so if the midwife has done a little light test on the skin, which just click, click, click on the skin, if they do the light test and say that mm, the result's looking pretty high, they might recommend that baby has a blood test called an SBR, okay? Um, so that test is a more accurate test of the bilirubin. Um, and generally, like we do the blood test and we put it on a chart and we can see that if the baby needs something called phototherapy. So I'll be talking a little bit about that just now. So phototherapy, uh, just imagine like it's like a, a blue mat and that blue light, go, your baby goes directly skin to skin. So it's just in the nappy and it lays on the blue light with a little eye mask on. Um, and you wrap the baby and that blue light goes through the skin and br helps break down that bilirubin, okay? Because sometimes these little babies, their liver's just that little bit too small and they need a little bit of extra help. So that's what that blue mat's gonna do. It's gonna help break down that bilirubin through the skin, okay? Um, so you're probably wondering, well, how long does my baby have to be on this? Well, Really, I can't give you an answer to that because it depends on how your baby is doing um, after certain blood results and things like that. And, you know, different risk factors can make jaundice last longer and longer and longer. And um, I'll get into those risk factors later because I think it's, it's good to know. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's a little bit on phototherapy. So... Um, 
yeah, the phototherapy, you just lay on the blue mat with your little eye mask on, make sure the baby's swaddled correctly um, and keep the baby on there as long as the midwife advises so the bilirubin can break down effectively, okay? Um, but as I said, parents, you can help feed the baby regularly and, you know, always check the nappies for poos and wheeze and that's really, really helpful for us. So, um, yeah. I'd just like to discuss a little bit about what happens if this treatment doesn't work on the ward. So, for example, say your baby's been on the Billy Softer mat next to your bed. Um, you've been feeding the baby regularly and you've been doing all the right things, but for some reason, the baby's blood result is getting worse. Then, um, you know, your baby in that case would have to go to um, the NICU for extra care, so that stands for Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, for anyone that didn't know what that means. Or sometimes they call it the special care nursery at some hospitals. Um, but yeah, um, in that case, they'll just need to go to one of those areas that they can get more close care, and they might require more of those blue lights. So for example, they lay on one of the lights, and then they can have one on the top of their head, and you know, they can have a few pointing in different directions. And that's just so they can get as much of that blue light on the baby as possible to break down that bilirubin, okay? Um, so they'll just do that treatment and they'll be testing the bloods regularly to make sure that what they're doing is obviously working, okay? Um, very, very rare, but it does happen. Uh, a baby say for example we're doing all this treatment we're using the lights but for some reason it's just not working then you know in very very serious cases of jaundice I've only seen it a couple of times it's very rare but the baby may need a blood transfusion okay um, so that's because that bilirubin in their body it's just not getting out of the system okay it's not excreting fast enough and if you keep letting this bilirubin build up in the body, it's actually lipid soluble. So it can cross the membrane and go into the brain and cause brain damage to the baby. Um, so that's why we need to make sure that we get on top of this and we're not messing around. Okay. So what that involves is they'll take a little bit of blood out of your baby's body. And then from like the blood bank, they'll get your baby's blood type of course and they'll give baby some of the baby's blood into the body so um, they can clear out that bilirubin okay and um, but that is in in very extreme circumstances so please don't have a freak out and think oh my gosh my baby's gonna need a blood transfusion like this is very very rare as I said I've literally only seen this maybe once or twice very very rare but we're going a big overview of jaundice so that's why I thought I would discuss that today okay um, lastly before we wrap it up I would like to talk about a few risk factors that could contribute to jaundice um, I'll just talk about two which I think are quite interesting so let's start with instrumental deliveries so for example, say your baby has a vacuum delivery or a forceps delivery, um, often they're left with a bit of bruising on their head, okay? And you know, 
that's expected if they're having an instrumental delivery that there's going to be a little bit of marks or a bruising okay so the reason that your baby is at higher risk of jaundice because of this is because now the red blood cells in that body are in the baby's body are going to be working on healing the bruises okay so they're going to be fighting and healing the bruises so their body's your body's going to be multiplying more red blood cells to help break down these bruises okay so as the red blood cells break down then you've got that bilirubin once again and that's just floating in the body okay and then the little liver has to break that down and it's trying its best it's getting all this bilirubin and oh my gosh i'm, I'm trying to break it down so it's trying to break all that byproduct down and then your baby is going pooing and weeing it out so i probably shouldn't have done that noise but you know it's got to get rid of it all out okay so because the body is multiplying red blood cells and trying to break down that bruise there's extra bilirubin now and that little liver cannot you know combat all that bilirubin it's too much for the baby so therefore they're going to get jaundice okay so please don't feel bad if you have an instrumental delivery and your baby has jaundice because it's more common and there's really you know as even if you've got you know oodles and oodles of colostrum sometimes these things just happen okay and it is normal so instrumental delivery risk factor number one okie dokie so risk factor number two which like is something that I had to really I had honestly I looked this up for so long and it was so hard to find information that was clear on this because it just seems so complicated but if you know me you know one thing I like to make it simple the kiss principle keep it simple stupid I do not like to make things complicated because number one then I get confused and number two if I'm confused of course my patients are going to get confused how are they going to understand so I need to make it simple but um yeah I feel like I only just really wrapped my head around this recently and hopefully this explanation helps a student midwife out there that is so confused because you know it is a bit confusing all right so we're going to talk about ABO incompatibility. What is that you might ask? Well, I'm about to tell you. So pretty much if you are an O positive blood group, your baby is at higher risk of jaundice. But why is that Jasmine? Well, I'm going to read out of my book here what I wrote down. So I'd just like to start off by saying that I'm not a teacher or a uni lecturer or anything like that. Um, so this is just simply me researching videos and textbooks and trying to wrap my head around it so um, if this explanation isn't perfectly accurate then please don't quote me on this just take it and maybe do a little bit more research anyway so pretty much if the mother is a O positive blood group um, it means that Imagine the blood groups are all circles, okay? That's what we're going to imagine first. So you've got O, A, B, and AB. Imagine they're all nice little neat circles. Now, every other blood group besides the O blood group has antigens around it that 
connect the other blood groups so that they can be almost like compatible with each other but the O blood group it's simply just it doesn't have any antigens A or B so therefore when it sees those blood types like when it mixes with those blood types it sees it as foreign um, and the O will start breaking down the other blood groups causing like anemia with the babies um, so this can happen when the O positive blood group mixes through the placenta to the baby um, and we're going to say that baby is an A or B blood group so we'll say let's say baby is A positive okay so pretty much the O positive blood mixes with the A positive blood and because the O positive blood has no antigens that are A connected to it then it causes a reaction um, and the body starts building antibodies to fight against um, the baby's blood group. So this cause this process is called hemolysis. I hope I said that right. So it's like breaking down the red blood cells quite rapidly um, and actually can cause severe anemia with the babies. So the reason that this causes jaundice is because as we are aware, once those red blood cells start breaking down, the bilirubin um, is a byproduct of the breakdown of the red blood cells. Okay, so then the liver has to break that down so then it can be excreted in the kidneys and our feces. Okay, but when there's too much of that bilirubin just sitting there waiting to be, you know, broken down, then that's when the babies get jaundice. So, yeah, I hope that helped someone. It might not be a perfect explanation, but that's how I wrap my head around it. Um, it is definitely a lot more in-depth than that. Like even, you know, looking at textbooks and reading, like it's a lot more complicated than what I just explained. Um, but I'm just trying to make it simple. So, you know, if you're a, an everyday person listening to this, you can hopefully understand, okay? Um, I'll just briefly touch on some more risk factors. Um, we won't go into detail about them, but just other things to look out for. Um, so if you've had a baby before and um, they've had jaundice, then your baby is at high risk of having jaundice. Um, if your baby's preterm, um, that's mainly to do with like, you know, obviously their little liver may not be fully developed yet, so they could get some jaundice. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, if you've got bruising on your baby, so we've already kind of talked about that with... Um, you know the forceps and things like that because that can cause bruising um, if you have it your baby has any kind of infection um, if it has hypothyroidism and there are also other like rare genetic disorders that I'm still learning about but um, one of the most common that we test for is G6PD so it's kind of like a protein deficiency uh, more common in uh, Mediterranean or Asian racial groups yeah so there are just a few things about the risk factors of jaundice um, I just want to finish the podcast by saying like this is all just knowledge that I've kind of tried to summarize for myself so I can understand so um, please go and do your own research and make sure like if you're confused talk to your teachers or your uni lecturers or your own midwives but um hopefully you've learned something today about jaundice and you can go out of this feeling a little bit more confident and a little bit more knowledgeable so yeah 
thank you so much for listening once again and um, can't wait to do the next podcast. Okay, bye.